Hi, I'm Kainas and I'm fine. Hi, I'm Nihal and I'm fine. You're listening to She Says She's Fine with Dr. Munjal Kapadia, a show that looks at understanding women better by understanding their health better. In this episode, we're talking about in vitro fertilization or IVF. Today, our guests are Kainaz Mesman and Nihal Harchandrai. Kainaz is the founder and creative director of the popular bakery and patisserie Theobroma, along with her husband Nihal, who is the head of finance and compliance. Hi Kainaz, hi Nihal, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, Kainaz, I have known you now since a very, very long time. And ever since I've known you, you've been this go-getter, incredibly driven individual. When did you kind of decide to, so to speak, settle down, have a family? When did that kind of strike you? Uh, so, it wasn't really uh, a decision, like a conscious decision. I always mm-hmm. wanted to get married. I've always wanted to have children. Mm. Uh, it was very important for me. Uh, actually, I love big families. Yeah. And uh, so, I've always wanted uh, mm. that. It's just that uh, my career kind of took over. And uh, one of the first things that uh, Nihal told me when we met and started dating Mm -hmm. was, I wish we had met 10 years ago. (laughs) And, you know, I also thought the same. It was, uh, I think we've met much later than we would have liked to meet. At what age did Uh, you guys meet? I was in my late 30s. I was 34. It just happened, just, you know, over drinks with some friends and, you know. How do you remember it, Neal? How did you guys meet? (laughs) You know, I I knew Kainas because we had a few common friends and a childhood friend of mine, you know, was married to a childhood friend of hers. And uh, I used to be very active with running half marathons uh, Mm. back then. And Please not our... used to. <laughs> <laughs> but after all the Theobroma goodies, Kainas, I mean, half marathon, or I'll be, it's hard to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But so during our conversations, you know, he would always mention Kainas's name. Like, you know, even Kainas does the half marathons, you know, even Kainas goes running very regularly on at Marine Drive in the mornings. Hmm. So I kind of knew who she was, hmm. but we were never formally introduced and it actually took a long time for that to happen. And it finally happened one evening, casually, you know, where um, we decided to meet for drinks. And then we were just introduced like that. From what I know of Nihal, and now I know him also very, very well. He's this incredibly secure guy, unmoved by what's around absolutely. him. Or who's around him. Absolutely. Did that endear you to him? That he's yes, so absolutely. unaffected by you being this really ambitious you know individual and he's like okay i'm comfortable in my own skin he's secure he has his own career yes. and he's not threatened by a powerful woman and your family kainas is full of powerful <laughs> wow women. i uh, thank you yes yeah. uh, we are quite uh, strong hot-headed women yeah. if i could put it that way but you're bang on right uh, nehal is uh, you know super easy going and i think that really works with us because he kind of balances me out you know mm. i'm like high strung hyper uh, you know shouting this that and nehal mm-hmm. like will not move if there's an earthquake around him so <laughs> <laughs> so it it just come kind like of a, like uh, a match made in heaven yeah pretty much yeah. <laughs> so when you guys finally got together and things got serious did you ever like even before you got married discuss mm-hmm. Like having a family or what you guys want from your lives. So that was on the table from the get-go. Both of you wanted a family. Nehal, she always wanted a big family. What about you? See, I came from a big family. I grew up with uh, 
a lots of cousins around me mm. so i always knew that you know if i do get married someday you know i'd want to have uh, children of my own yeah you know and i'm so glad that i finally met kainas and you know we were you know we made it happen yeah and once you guys got married was there like an urgency to it like when did you guys start no. planning for a baby and so i think uh, it was the right time we always wanted to have kids but we never planned it uh, hmm. immediately hmm. we actually 3 years into our marriage i think is when we really sat down and said you know we need to do this because now i was on a clock so what were you guys uh, doing for 3 years <laughs> having fun having, yeah. <laughs> but were you acutely aware of say so to speak time running out because See, to be that's more important for girls you know well yeah to be honest uh, i wasn't that aware because i kind of took my good health for granted in yeah. the sense that i always thought that i was in pretty reasonable shape i was in good health i didn't have any major health concerns and so you know i would never need to worry about getting pregnant uh, you know i never had any menstrual problems mm. i was always on time my cycle yeah. was you know worked like no reason uh, to worry yeah there was no there was no reason as such to think that this might not happen i i wasn't even aware that after 35 a woman's fertility actually drops by 50% mm. which i learned from you <laughs> um and uh, you know because these are things we don't i never gave it too much thought you didn't have time to kind of dwell on this yes but nehal you were in your late 30s when you finally met kainas got right. married was there any pressure on you per se like even from family and things like that not really i i really think usually the pressure is always on women yeah. not so much on men yeah because you know unlike women men we really don't have much of a job to do when it comes to uh, yeah the, the whole process of conceiving i, I mean so a little we, bit of a job a little <laughs> bit of a job yeah, yes two of minutes course. of fun <laughs> two minutes of fun uh, but i really think uh, you know the the woman who yeah, has to really true. go through uh, most of the yeah. uh, but you didn't have any like pressure on you you were like okay if it happens it happens and i think at that stage you know i always wanted to have kids you know yeah. but i think after my mid 30s hmm. the pressure came a little bit off and you know it i just said you know if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen now if it happens it'll really be wonderful yeah so i said let me just take things as it comes you know and so once you guys started trying uh, were you like these laid back people you know trying naturally and things like or were you like furiously googling good days bad <laughs> days asking people okay these days we don't have to travel these days we need to be together things like was that like kind of little frustrating for you guys or you just took it easy going no i think it was it was very frustrating for both of us mm. because i just automatically had assumed in my head for example yeah. that oh you know we'll try like a couple of times and it'll be fine we'll, yeah. i'll just be pregnant and uh, of course that didn't happen and also for nihal you know uh, he also didn't give it that much thought i think uh, uh, you know yeah. and um, so we did try for quite a long time but you know like sex on a clock is not always like the most N- nice a, thing never. it's it's actually it's a lot a nice of thing. effort and yeah. it's really hard it and is, yeah. uh, you know because sometimes you can come home from work and have a really shit day and you're like oh my god it's it's I'm time ovulating. yeah <laughs> you know it it was actually quite a uh, but that's a very common problem that yeah. most couples face you know but when did you guys like decide that okay it's time to seek help i think um, you know after we tried about natu- a year of I trying i think a year after yeah. tra- to your body uh, yeah that's correct around know. a year after trying where we really thought okay i think it's time we visited uh, 
you know like uh, a gynecologist or a fertility specialist yeah, yeah. and how did you kind of go about searching for your doctor did you go online did you hear from friends so honestly at that point of time uh, we didn't even know the difference between a gynecologist and an IVF specialist and mm. I, we didn't even know that we needed IVF at that time mm. we just went to a regular gynec and uh, you know sought help yeah. Yeah. and then uh, she first recommended IUIs mm. uh, which was a non-invasive uh, mm. treatment and I was actually really happy when mm. I heard that because I'm not a pill popping generally kind yeah. of person so yeah. I was like wow this is kind it's of easy. a breeze yeah. and also it takes the stress out of yeah, sex on the clock yeah uh -huh. and so we were like fine this is great mm. you know we'll do it once and it'll be fine and again yeah. <laughs> we tried it like three times and yeah. of course there was nothing and uh, then the frustration had started to slowly set in yeah. uh, then she recommended IVF which mm. was again at that point of time again I had no idea how invasive it was yeah. And I think uh, what really, uh, you know, wavered me was that she put me on to another doctor because that was uh, when she said that I'm not an IVF specialist. So I mm. have to put you on to another doctor. And that doctor necessarily was not the person that I had chosen as my doctor. Yeah. It just I was just kind of nudged into it. And um, it wasn't a very pleasant experience. Mm. It was, uh, I mean, you know, because that's mm. uh, when I discovered that I actually had you in my backyard all <laughs> along. And then I started yeah. calling you up and speaking to you. Nihal was also, I think, quite frustrated at that point of time. But, but you know, most girls, when you tell them, or even most couples, when you tell them that, okay, you need IVF, yeah. it is, it's, it's a blow to them because they kind yeah. of uh, assume infertility treatment is on a spectrum and IVF is like the last step that they've reached and this is their right. only hope. And if this doesn't work, they probably are, con you know, have to live without a baby and things like that. Right. How did you take the news of you guys needing IVF? I was somewhat a little bit relieved because I knew mm. there was a chance yeah. Um, obviously, I was, um, you know, I, once we went through the process, you know, I had no clue, you know, what it involved, mm -hmm. you know, the all the injections, yeah. the medication. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, what I really felt uh, uh, sad about was that Kainas had to bear the brunt of all of it. You were okay with the IVF Kainas? Like when told that, okay, you need IVF, you're like, okay, man, just let's do this. Was it like a project? Yeah, or? it was. For me, it was like, if I really want a baby... This is my chance, so mm. let me get on with it. And I took it on as a project. Mm. Again, like Nihal said, even I was not aware to what degree of mm. uh, physical, mental pain it yeah. would entail. Yeah. And so um, I just went went along with it. Yeah. And uh, my first four experiences with IVF were horrible. Yeah. It was a very, very difficult time. It took a complete strain on everything. My personality changed. What was the worst part about going through your IVF cycle? Was it the uh, injections? Was it mood swings? What was it? It was all that, but I also think it was a lot of, um, I think it was the loneliness, uh, the feeling of loneliness. Mm. Though you are surrounded by your family and friends and though everyone is rallying for you, supporting you, nobody understands you yeah. Uh, nobody understands what you're going through. Yeah. Uh, in that, you are kind of alone. Yeah. And I'm not a person that can do things alone. Yeah. Uh, I think what really helped when I finally came to you was uh, that because you had gone through it yourself, yeah. 
you completely understood me you yeah. understood what we needed as a couple to yeah. go through this yeah. so aside from the medical attention yeah so for everyone who's listening right now uh, my first born myra is through ivf i was doing ivf long before riddhi underwent ivf and still still the repercussions on our life were immense yes you know i didn't know what a couple actually goes through the daunting prospect of a negative result Uh, you know seeing yes. your wife take the injections especially those progesterone injections later on i, yeah. I mean hats off to women who can push themselves to do it yeah. and the reward is incredible but still you know so it afforded me a great insight into uh, you know what exactly people go through because you can't there's no more of ivf you do can prepare you for what you know yes. uh, a, a goal goes through And another break with the dog. So I have a question for you. Yeah. What facilities does Namaha provide for mothers who are trying to conceive? Oh, so we go through the entire spectrum of uh, infertility, so to speak. So right from all methods of you know diagnosis, from ultrasounds to uh, HSGs to even undergoing laparoscopies, and then all modalities of therapy. So the aim at Namo is to kind of try to you know allow the couple to conceive naturally, and if it's not possible naturally, then with the least amount of intervention. And you know we go gradually, step by step, and when it doesn't work, we finally kind of have facilities for IVF and oocyte donation. Sometimes using uh, sperm donor and embryo donations. We have facilities for women who are not ready to get married yet. We have facilities for oocyte freezing. Currently not. Uh, as popular but even facilities for surrogacy and things like that so we do the entire spectrum of services so basically you're actually trying to figure out a way that works best for the couple we're right? trying to kind of give them a little nudge so it happens faster and if that doesn't work then we kind of give them a little bigger nudge and so on yeah so mm-hmm. okay enough self promotion now back to the show how is it for you nehal like all the negative results of iui and you know the first four ivfs how badly did you take it or were you too preoccupied looking after kainas i think you got that right uh, uh, dr anjal <coughs> uh, kainas um, i uh, my entire attention after every cycle and after every fail cycle uh, all my emotions were basically on you know trying to ensure that you know that she was she was okay Yeah. you know i mean all my uh, attention you know my all my mental strength was focused towards that because i know she needed it mm. and um, you know i didn't really think about the you know the outcome whether we were going to do another cycle because i was just too busy trying to ensure that you know she was she was yeah. okay you know uh, very often i would tell riddhi even when she was starting ivf and you know we were going through the process that listen let's chuck this because i was just very fearful yes. fearful of her having to go through all this and also in the back of my mind maybe it not working out and feeling like a failure was there a time nihal did you tell her that chuck all this we don't need a kid we yes, are we did. are we are complete as a family already he so did he, he did, told right? me exactly all those things all those things right? and like you we also said the same things if we don't have kids we'll just travel and you know use our all our time doing that spend time with our nephew and nieces um we went through the whole gamut 
And uh, I think what people need to understand when they are doing IVF is that do not isolate yourself. Do not be alone. Take all the help. Take all the support. Talk to your family. Talk to your partner. Uh, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be off the about the process. Get a sense of normalcy in your life. That's very important. Uh, you know, it could be just going out for your, for a drive with yeah. your partner or going out for dinner. Um, you know, do do whatever it takes to just get your mind off what's happening to your body because you see the change every day with every injection, with every tablet. You feel a little worse. You feel a little more depressed. You go through these crazy mood swings. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know what's happening with your body. And I think yeah. that is a scary part because for someone like me who normally is quite attuned with what's happening with my body and also used to being in control and being in control of that uh, suddenly not having any say in, in what's yeah. happening inside in your head you know it was it was scary uh, what was the worst part about it for you can as it was it the injections or no it wasn't the injections it was uh, i think uh, it wasn't the pain because like you said after some time your butt is so numb with yeah. all those craters <laughs> you're just like okay bring it on baby yeah. it's just one more it doesn't hurt but i think it was uh, like i said i think the worst part was the acute loneliness i felt of not anyone else understanding what I was going through, even though they wanted to. They wanted to support you. Of course, Nihal was by my side. Every injection, every yeah. uh, trip to the hospital, everything, every test result, he was like my rock by my side. And my parents were, uh, you know, garnering around me. Um, I had all the support. I was very fortunate to have all the support in the world, uh, Munjal. But I think despite all that, I still felt incredibly lonely in yeah. this process. I thought you were going to tell me the worst part about IVF was giving up the coffee well uh, I would have said uh, the wine too right. but <laughs> but, uh, no, that, but uh, that you get over pretty yeah, quickly yeah. when you see the end I result think, I, I think I just wanted to add I think uh, in between our cycles I think there was a small gap of a few yeah. days no no it was a few weeks a few weeks sorry <laughs> she'd binge on espresso yeah, yeah and, and uh, I think you know whatever made her happy you know and uh, period that we had you know before she had to get on to the medication again yeah. where you know where she would stop you know coffee or yeah. wine yeah you know we just would go buy a bottle of wine from uh you know from the supermarket and yeah. and just one evening just uh sit and drink the whole bottle have, have a date yeah. by ourselves at home <laughs> you know chill the wine yeah. have yeah. a nice you know make a nice yeah. salad you know obviously Kainas being a chef, uh, you know, she <laughs> makes great salads, by the way. You know, I haven't uh, eaten <laughs> breakfast, no? <laughs> you guys are killing me here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but and also you gave us really good advice. You always uh, told us, uh, book a holiday at yeah. the end of your cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And at worst, you will cancel it. Yeah. So uh, there was one cycle uh, that we did, which we actually did that. We booked a holiday and uh, for my birthday, he actually surprised me. We went to Sri Lanka yeah. uh, just for a week, him and me. And we yeah. just But that's incredibly out. helpful because you don't have control over the result. So if it's a negative yes. result, at least you guys are going to get to spend some time together. There's some positive aspect to... Something okay, to it's look forward negative. to. 
let's go take a break you know detach from this current you know scene and things like that yes and then if it's positive you'll happily cancel it you know so that kind of you know it's it's not me actually some a patient of mine actually told me this and i internalized it and i said this is actually fabulous advice at least according to me not everybody has the luxury but small you can plan small getaways maybe even at dinner you know yeah you know it helps like i said just even a walk yeah you know, Riddhi and I got very lucky. Myra stuck in the first go. Right. And I've always believed that it takes incredible amount of courage to pick yourself up after a negative result. Because, you know, it's yeah. it's built up so much over like four to six weeks. And then after all the injections, all yeah. the emotional turmoil, it's just one paper, it says negative. And everything comes crashing down. It takes a special amount of courage to pick yourself up after that. And say, I'm going to do this again. Yes. Okay. How did you manage to find that courage? Uh, I think my focus was so much on having a baby at that point of time that uh, I was like, okay, let's try again. And I always imagined myself as that punching doll, you know, that people just punch and it stands up again. And I just kept telling myself, okay, one more time. Come on, let's do it. And then you punched it out of the park. <laughs> How was well, it for you, Neha? When, did, when was it like... Okay, enough, this is the last time. If this doesn't work, that's it. Was that ever an option? Or you knew Kainas was not going to stop? He said but that to me one time. I, I, I said it to her. In fact, I said it to her, uh, you know, after the second or third attempt. No, it was well. on the time of Nina, actually. Yeah. And uh, subsequently as well. But, you know, she was just so resilient, you know, and she was just so um, motivated to see the entire process through and and uh, I think from her conversations with you which she mentioned to me she said you know the entire IVF uh, cycle yeah. it's, it's, an, it's a process yeah, yeah it could happen in the first attempt you know second third fourth and you know sometimes in the fifth or sixth attempt as well but yeah. it, it, the, the entire experience is a, is a process yes it and is and you have to go through the entire process yeah Nihal apart from seeing Kainas suffer and be in pain and even emotional turmoil removing her from this equation what was the worst part about it for you i think uh, for myself it was just you know watching her being sad the thing is her mood like my mood reflects hers yeah you know and similarly when we were going through this entire process you know on the days when she was sad i would be sad as well but then you know at the back of my mind i would always you know try and find a way for you know to cheer her up yeah. And uh, I always try to, for example, if we've had a fight or we've just come out of a fight, you know, I just try and think, I mean, the, I know what makes us both happy is when I start talking about holidays, you yeah. know, going out of town, getting yeah. out of Bombay, even if it's just going for the weekend, uh, you know, and we'd come back refreshed. Yeah. You know, so uh, a lot of my attention would go towards, uh, you know, ensuring that, you know, she's happy because she's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Do you think that in our country, at least uh, in the current scenario, there's very little attention paid to how the husband takes it because it's yes, so much. I think so. So much about the girl. Like I want to ask you, who took care of you during the process? Because it's almost self-healing, you know. Because we all, you know, rally around the mom. Yeah. Who looked after you? Who cheered you up? I think I had to do that by myself, hmm. you know. And I had to be emotionally strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I wouldn't be emotionally strong, then I know the recovery period would be much longer yeah. for Kainas. Yeah. So I had to be very emotionally you strong. You needed to be the rock of the... I needed to be the rock. Uh, and sometimes that's hard. 
yeah. considering you know when you have so many other things going on around you as well you know but yeah you have to know i think you have to get your priorities right as a man uh, you know and your family your you know your your partner your wife yeah. their yeah. well-being comes first and everything needs to come much after that as well you just confirmed my long standing suspicion he is this old world gentleman kind of that's who you've married he is yeah. that's exactly why i love him yeah <laughs> and and you know most couples describe their relationship in a pre baby and a post baby phase but uh, many couples undergo ivf how has your relationship changed after you started ivf how did you guys discover things about each other learn to be more considerate yes. uh, put yourself second sometimes yes. uh, do you think that uh, going through this entire war to get your daughter into this world has changed you guys as a couple absolutely i think it absolutely, uh, absolutely has and i know nehal agrees uh, we have become so much more stronger we've become one unit yeah. uh and i think uh, what really gave me a realization was that i realized that nihal is so much stronger yeah mentally emotionally than i ever gave him credit for before he's just an incredibly sorted out man uh and uh he he's the most generous the most giving the most understanding husband anybody could have asked for and i'm i'm incredibly lucky to have him uh how did kainas change nihal after ivf i think after our daughter was born i i see like her being a lot more patient now you know <laughs> patient uh I think because you know I mean she came from a you know like being a chef in the kitchen yeah. you know it's it's not easy you know you're in a ma- pretty much in a man's world you know and uh, you really have to be thick skinned before we got our daughter I think it was just the both of us now we're three you know so <laughs> obviously her attention has to shift a little bit more towards uh, our enough. daughter but of of course the thing about kainaz is you know she's very equal that way you know she will uh, always look at the well-being of our daughter first but at the back of her mind she will always ensure that my well-being is taken care of and vice versa for my side as well there's always a warm cross out waiting for you <laughs> that is that <laughs> definitely a bit too many <laughs> a, bit, yeah, a bit too many I, i don't see him complaining and you know i have never complained kainaz when there's this theobroma box on my table how did it interfere with your work you work crazy hours i mean you run this entire operation kainaz ivf isn't easy you needed to come time and time again for injections take them at home uh, come for your follicular monitoring pick up transfer how did you manage work you know i uh, honestly i i feel so lucky that i have my own business in this regard because i have to say my entire family my ceo they were all incredibly understanding of the time i needed to yeah. do this mm. and uh, they gave me that time off yeah. they uh, understood that you know it needs to get done yeah. uh, when it needs to get done and uh, they never once said if i said i have a doctor's appointment if i said i have an injection if i have a scan when i was pregnant whatever it was i got the time off and i also often told nehal during the process i don't know how working women do it yeah. uh women who have have a job yeah. because 
they can't keep, just keep saying, oh, I'm going for a scan, I'm going for an injection and just take time off from their would work. You, would you be different now, say to a girl in your, you know, in your company who says that I'm undergoing IVF, I need to go Absolutely. You, you, absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent. Maybe five years ago, uh, you'd be like, what is this? I mean, pick something. No, Do you think I, that has changed? Or I, you, I don't think, I mean, I would have still yeah, given but, them the time, maybe a little more grudgingly, but I would <laughs> yeah. have given them the time. I don't think, uh, I, I think my maturity also has changed yeah, a lot yeah. in my workspace. Yeah. I think that now it, you'd it's be like, always please priority. take the time off. It's always priority. Yeah. In fact, I've uh, there was one, uh, my pastry chef was uh, pregnant uh, six months after yeah. I got pregnant. And it just worked out beautifully because you had a smooth I transition. finished my, <laughs> my maternity leave and she went on hers. Yeah. And then six months later, she was back. So oh, that's amazing. But that's, that's lucky. Yeah, yeah more it was. It was really a master stroke. <laughs> Neha, when you finally got your positive pregnancy test, could you believe it? Or after so many negatives, it, it, it didn't sink in? Uh, you know, when uh, we got the result, actually, I was at work and I think Kainas had gone to collect her report. Uh, <laughs> and, on the phone. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, she mentioned it to me on the phone and, and like she was... You know, I mean, like there was just something about her that day, you know, like she refused to tell me. I mean, like, but from the tone of her voice, I knew it was positive, <laughs> you know. Oh, and she waited for you to come home. And no, for... no, I just told him that you know, he's going to be a dad. That's what I told him. But when he came face to face or you told him on the no, phone? No, I, I said, you better come home now. You're going to be a dad. Oh, that's, that's so good. Yeah. So it didn't sink in initially. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, on my way home, I just had this feeling of relief inside yeah. me you know and yeah. this sort of joy and it just started building up from there you know yeah until uh i got home and uh you know but it was just very strange that feeling you know like it took at least over a period of like an hour or two and it just started building up slowly 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 yeah and when by the time i got home you know i just walked in and i just hugged her so tightly <laughs> i remember that and I haven't cried in a long time, yeah. but I had tears in my eyes. You know, I, it's very difficult to describe see, that feeling. See, again, old world man. I cry all the yes. time. <laughs> I cry even when I'm not supposed to cry. Like Disney movies. Yeah. Mr. And How is it for you? Did it not only just bring joy, but did it bring this flood of worry that, okay, now there's a million things more that can go wrong? I called up my doctor in Australia. He was holidaying in Australia and he told me... I'll tell you, I, I was in Sydney, just under the Sydney car. <laughs> Absolutely. I got your call and I, we were about to get on the elevator to go to the top and I just like stepped out and said, wait, I need to take this. And my doctor told me, congratulations, but I hope you know this is just the first step. Yeah. So we were on to the next phase. Yeah. Did you enjoy being pregnant? How was the nine I months? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I milked it for everything that it was. Uh, you know, I took all the foot massages and back rubs I could get from Nihal. <laughs> Please don't say uh, this. Riddhi is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Any tips for couples who've been faced with this diagnosis with, you know, of infertility and who are probably seeing IVF in their future and probably listening to this and dejected or maybe you've had a couple of negative results and given up on it altogether, Nehal? You know, I would actually, I mean, from a man's perspective, mm. I would have a few tips for men. 
because and this is from our experience uh, you know at going to the clinics uh, mm. you know i would always see you know like the wife coming maybe with her mother uh, yeah. you know a sister or cousin obviously most people you know have busy lives they work as well but you know there were very few occasions where i actually saw the man coming you know with uh, you know yeah. with the husband coming along you know yeah. at the same time obviously as i said you know most people work you know it's for working people it's hard to like you know yeah. uh, take time out um, you know come for these appointments uh, but i would give a strong tip for most men is that uh, you know they really need to be by the side of uh, you know their wives yeah. when they go through this and you know even from the point of view of coming for the uh, the visits the periodic visits uh, you know for scan things like you know when you come for scans uh, you know when yeah. uh, you know uh, sometimes when you come to take the injections as well yeah. you know uh, i think they need to be more by the side of uh, and, women and you've given a few injections yourself how was that i have those disasters oh. <laughs> no it wasn't was it, it was it was <laughs> his hand was shaking he would do it so slowly that it was like torture was like finish it finish it put it she, now she she would make me nervous <laughs> You know, she, she she just make me so nervous that I couldn't. Uh, you know, it's yeah. very actually. It's not very hard. It's it's, it's so yeah. simple. But yeah. the thing is that because she, it's kainas. Because it's her kainas, and she would make me so nervous that obviously I would mess up. Were you scared? He, that he, he once left. You with he one? once left the syringe just dangling in me like that. I was standing up on my so on my was, bum and she I was just shouting like, at me. So I, I was like, like "What are you doing?" <laughs> he just left the needle and walked out. No, no. his hand started shaking and. Then, then he just like left it, so it was like standing like right upright, and I was like, put it, in. and he was like, oh, stop shouting, stop shouting, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm like, you're not doing it fast enough, just do it, finish it. It was crazy. I think he gave me two injections, and then I never let him touch me again. Kainas, <laughs> <laughs> tips yeah. for young couples today who are in a position where you were not so long uh, ago. I think for the women. I think you have to accept that though IVF is becoming increasingly common for various reasons because of our lifestyle because we are getting married later whatever the hundred reasons are um know that it is going to be hard hmm. it's going to be very very hard hmm. uh it will take every ounce of your strength physically emotionally mentally uh but don't lose hope keep your uh self uh grounded keep yourself happy yeah. that is very very important through the process and it's easier said than done because uh, of so many different reasons but make sure that you surround yourself with everyone that loves you yeah try your best not to feel alone talk it doesn't have to be about ivf but talk talk to your partner tell them whatever you're feeling whatever you're going through what you need for them to make you happy i think uh, uh, you know people are not mind readers so don't expect them to just understand yeah. that you're going through something yeah. tell them yeah. uh ensure that your partner is by your side tell them that you need them it doesn't hurt to say that and uh, also have a very open relationship with your doctor i mm. think that really really helped me manjal i cannot express how much uh, it uh, having your support having your understanding you know in the process and you not treating me like i was on a butcher's line yeah. uh, you know which i felt a lot with the other doctors that yeah. i went to 
find the right doctor for you exactly it, it yeah. doesn't uh, have necessarily to be one particular person yeah. one particular right. person uh, it doesn't have to be a well known doctor it just has to be someone that gets you and who is uh, emotionally invested i believe in your life absolutely who wants you to succeed for you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me one month into your pregnancy you'll forget everything of what you went through with ivf yeah. uh, it makes it all worth it yeah it really does okay so thank you guys thank for you being so here thank you thank you thank you so much also. manjal thank, thank you thank you hello listeners we really appreciate all the feedback and love you've been sending our way we know a lot of you have questions of your own and dr manjal is going to answer some of them in an upcoming episode If you have any questions, you can write to us or record a short voice note that we can play on the episode. Email it to she'sfinepodcast@gmail.com. Don't worry, this will be anonymous, but just make sure to keep your recordings clear and short, under 30 seconds if possible. Once again, our email address is she'sfinepodcast@gmail.com. That was our episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a new episode. So make sure you subscribe to She Says She's Fine on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked the episode, please rate or review us. If you really liked it, please do share it. See you all next week. She Says She's Fine is a Made in India production. This episode is produced by Sharanya Subramanian, edited by Soundman, and recorded at Island City Studio. Our theme music is Shallow by Komo Rebi. For more information, check out madeinindia.in.